Franchises. What are they? How they work? And should you think about buying one? That is what is on the table here today at the Lifestyle Cleaning Business Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Lifestyle Cleaning Business Podcast. I'm Chloe, I'm your host, and this is the place where we help solo and small cleaning business owners scale, systemize, and navigate their way to creating a lifestyle cleaning business. I've absolutely nailed the intro. Well done. This is about the fourth take, so I'm glad that I got, like, got it right this time. <laughs> Uh, today's episode is inspired, as usual, by one of our followers over on Instagram. And in case you hadn't guessed already, the topic of conversation um, is franchises. Now, while I myself have never invested in a franchise, I've never been part of a franchise, I've never worked for a franchise, I have done my fair share of research into this type of business model, more out of interest than anything else. Now, when I say franchises, what comes to mind? People often think of these huge companies, things like Starbucks, McDonald's, Costa, because these are generally the, the types of companies that are lurking somewhere um, in almost any town or city in the UK. But what about cleaning franchises? What about them? Because obviously, when it comes to cleaning, they're generally not the type of buildings that pop up on the high street. So people maybe, if you're not in the cleaning space, people maybe don't take as much notice to cleaning franchises. Um, but when we start to kind of talk about cleaning franchises and delve into that kind of deep murky depths <laughs> the ones that kind of come to mind for me are molly maids you know uh, made to clean merry maids etc those are just some big names that just pop into my head um now while some of you have probably heard of all of them some of you maybe haven't something i just wanted to add on here is these those ones i've just mentioned are huge massive uh, multi-million pound companies franchises also exist on a smaller scale probably in your local area so if franchising is something that is at the back of your mind at the minute or something you've maybe considered in the past do your own research in your local area because I bet that there are companies out there that are franchising that I've probably never heard of just because they're not local or relevant to me so let's dive in let's start at the top how does a franchise work? So some of you maybe have an idea about how franchises work. I know I definitely did. But after doing a little bit of research, they maybe operate a little bit differently to how I expected them to. So a franchise is essentially a, it works as a broker or an agency for cleaners. So essentially, um, it is a company that sources clients and it is a company that sources um, team members and employees and self-employed people and it puts them together and it takes a fee each clean um, for that luxury basically. Um, so that is essentially how it works. The franchise could be um, Chloe's Cleaners, Chloe's Cleaners goes out and finds all the clients, Chloe's Cleaners goes out and finds all of the staff and it puts them together and it takes a little um, fee from the clients per clean essentially and that's kind of how the, the model works so these types of businesses usually capitalize on self-employed team members now I'm not really too sure why this is um because I'll go through a whole episode on employed versus employed team members but that is generally the case they usually use employed team members and the arrangement normally goes that the customers supply the products and the franchise insures the cleaner. 
Okay, so if you are going to work for one of these places, usually the customers will be expected to provide all of your cleaning materials, which is a bit dodge. Um, and the franchise will provide the insurance for you to be a self-employed person. Now, the customers pay twice. So they pay the cleaner. So let's say they, they pay the cleaner the £12 or £10 per hour or whatever ridiculous rate it is. £10 per hour for the clean, you know, that that's usually in cash for the cleaner. And then they'll pay an extra finder's fee per clean to the franchise separately. Now, I'm not really too sure how much that finder's fee is. However, I have read online it could be up to um, double what they pay. It could be another set of what they pay the cleaner, essentially. I'm losing my words. So basically, if they pay the cleaner a tenner, they're paying the franchise a tenner per hour as well, separately. Now, cleaners are often made to sign a contract when they sign up for these people. Um, they're often made to sign a contract to say that they won't steal the clients and they won't try to cut out the company um, or the, there might be a lawsuit brought against them. So that is generally how um, the franchise works. OK, now let's kind of move on to the benefits of what a franchise might be, um, because it maybe is a little bit of a interesting business model if you've not heard of it before. Um, it certainly was a little bit shocking for me when I found out about it because I was a little bit stunned about the you know the cleaning product situation and only using self-employed staff as a massive company um, and, and making the customer pay twice but we will get into all that um, later down the line so let's start off with the benefits so usually at the signing of a franchise agreement a franchisee which is somebody who has essentially bought into the franchise company a franchisee will be required to pay the franchisor a fee, okay? Now, the, in, the initial investment for this can vary quite a lot, depending on the company. Um, but remember, it's an investment into a turnkey business, okay, with a number of benefits that you'll recognise quite quickly. So according to, um, obviously, I've done my due diligence for this podcast, and I've done lots of research around um, franchises and things, because to be honest with you, it was just something that, I kind of knew existed, but it's never really been something that I've wanted to invest in personally because I, I enjoy the building. I enjoy adding my little own touches to things. Um, so it's not really something that I've ever really um, wanted to look at that. And they cost a lot of fucking money and I'm broke. So moving on <laughs> now, according to one website that I looked at, they claim that buying a franchise is actually less expensive than starting a cleaning company on your own which I inherently disagree with. Okay, now I think that this is bullshit. The reason I think this is bullshit is because you can actually, you can start a cleaning business. Let's think about this realistically, ladies. If you are literally sat on your ass, you could still, I mean, money-wise, that's a bit of a Yorkshire saying, I think, sat on your ass. <laughs> you can still go out and start a cleaning business, okay? Get yourself on Facebook, grab a, a second-hand Henry Hoover for 50 quid, Get yourself down to Pound Stretcher or B&M and fill up your basket for 20, 25 quid. Get yourself some cleaning supplies, some cloths and a mop. Yeah. Then go up, go and um, set up a Facebook page for free. Go knock on doors if you have to. That, you know, you can go out and you, you know, let's be even more, you know, let's say you don't really have anything. You can use your own Hoover. I'm sure you've got a Hoover. Use your mum's Hoover. Use your nan's Hoover. Yeah. It's It, it can cost you just so little to go out there and actually start a cleaning company. 
that I think it's inherently wrong for them to claim that investing into a franchise is going to cost you less than starting up on your own. But anyway, more on that later. Now, that little rant, don't let, don't let that make you think that I don't think franchises can be a good idea or that I think that they're generally a bad idea. I just disagree with people making false claims when they're trying to sell you their shit, basically. So getting back on track, <laughs> once you've bought your franchise, um, which from the info that I found on the internet actually varies quite greatly. So the cheapest one that I found was £9,997 plus VAT for the initial purchase fee. But that varied all the way up to grand. Okay, so that's quite a big gap. That is kind of like the grand was not the um, wasn't necessarily the purchase fee. It was how much they recommended, how much capital that that company recommended you had available to properly set up your franchise. Um, so that included the fee and any additional fees that you had to pay. Now, you'll then need to pay once you've given them the, the grand. you will then need to pay an annual fee to the company as like a bit of a royalty fee. Um, to continue using their branding, etc., um, and to have that continued support and that continued training each year. Now, I don't know how much this royalty fee is. Um, it, it was all a little bit shady. It's kind of like call now for a free, you know, consultation. That's normally the case. And then they try to, they have your details then and then they pester you and uh, I just couldn't be asked to go down that road. So I left it. But one of the benefits, going back to the benefits, one of the benefits that I can see is that you'll be supported in the business. Now, from what I gather, franchises are pretty turnkey. Um, they give you all the materials you need in terms of things like branding and training and hiring people and systemizing. And in some cases, um, especially with the bigger companies, it comes with it some social clout and some status um, from more recognizable brands. However, something to note here is the more recognizable brands are generally more pricey. So you're paying um, for that clout. Now, I would like to point out here that they also give you help with setting up things like your websites for your local branch, as well as marketing materials and knowledge on digital marketing. Now, this is possibly or probably um, one of the most underappreciated tools or skills when it comes to building any business, and that is marketing and digital marketing. Now, any of you that know me at all know that I'm a little bit of a digital marketing geek and that is what I absolutely love to talk about but I'm not going to um, because because it is so important because if you can't attract the right customers and staff you don't have a business and you essentially attract those people to you by being good at marketing you know being strategic about what it is that you're putting out into the world and knowing your shit so if I can if you can learn one skill like if you can dedicate 10 minutes a day, an hour a week, whatever, to reading about something, to improve yourself, to improve your business and to learn a skill that you can apply to any other business in the future. If you ever get sick of cleaning, make it marketing. OK, moving on <laughs> now. On the flip side of this, just going on from that, there are so many great books on digital marketing and marketing that generally cost you 15 quid. So while it's great that these franchises are supporting you um, to learn this skill and are giving you all their knowledge, um, spoon feeding it, spoon feeding it to you, essentially, sorry. You can go out and you can buy books um, off Amazon for 15 quid, brand spanking you, or Amazon have actually got this feature where you can, if you search for a book, click on the book, scroll down a little bit, and it says something like see other buying options. 
you can pick up some great books for like four or five quid just because they're secondhand and they might be looking a bit tatty. Um, but you'll still get all the value from them. Um, just on the note of books, I'm actually a massive Audible fan. I love Audible. It's like seven ninety nine a month. You get a book a month and it's fucking fantastic. You can listen to it while you're cleaning. It's great. It's great. So Audible is my recommendation of the week. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Moving on with the benefits. So brand recognition. Now, while this may be important and it might be relevant to some places in the UK, possibly places like bigger cities, I think that brand recognition is more beneficial to commercial cleaning businesses over residential. And hear me out. This is just my personal viewpoint. However, I think that commercial clients are generally more, they generally have the consensus. It's more about, I don't really care who does it. I just want it done. Whereas, um, you know, for places like offices and communal areas and things, they don't really care who's going in there um, too much. As long as the work is getting done to a high standard, they're kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Just get it done. I don't really mind. Residential clients in my experience, are a little bit more precious about who they um, choose to let into their house, basically, which company they go with. It's more, it's a little bit more of an intimate service when it comes to residential, um, because they are letting someone into their, you know, private house around their private things. So they are a little bit more invested into who is coming into their home and knowing that they're getting more or less the same person every week and knowing what that small company or that brand stands for. Um, can be important to some people so that is maybe you know a downside to franchises but we're not talking about downsides Chloe we're talking about benefits so stay on track woman now in the early stages out of all of the residential clients um, I'd say 90% of them absolutely loved the fact that we were a startup company and we were building something to provide jobs for people um, in the local area and essentially looked after our team we had a really nice team culture and for, my, and for me I think that this personal touch is lost a little bit when it comes to franchises because you lose the opportunity to implement your own ideas and personality into everything you do. Marketing, <coughs> marketing. <coughs> now, again, that's the price that you pay for being able to walk into essentially a turnkey business um, where someone has thought of everything for you. That's the price that you pay. But for me, I think that being able to put your own little magic juice, magic spice on things is important. But anyway, more on that later. So another benefit of opting to be part of a franchise is you are part of a community of cleaning business owners who are all going through the same thing that you're going through. Now, I can get on board with this. This is a fab benefit to joining a franchise. You know, I definitely won't take that away from them. Now, it's great to have that connection and support. Because it can feel like a lonely place when you are struggling to build a cleaning business. Um, you know, it's, you do kind of alienate yourself because you feel like, oh, excuse me. I don't know why, but every time I do these podcasts where I'm talking for like 20, 30 minutes nonstop, I get really like burpy. And I'm so sorry because I think the last podcast I updated, I uploaded, sorry, I think I actually burped in the middle of it. So do excuse me. I don't know why, um, but it's like a bit of gassy reflux anyway moving on so as I was saying building a cleaning business is a lonely place you know you are starting from the bottom you have to learn everything as you go most of the time so having that um, community of cleaning business owners to kind of rely on is a great benefit 
um, when buying into a business franchise. Now, I think it's great, especially because no one is in direct competition with e with each other. Each franchise is essentially assigned their own territory or their own kind of area, if you like. So there's nobody kind of directly um, competing with anybody. And you all work for the same company, essentially. You are all the same brand. You're all part of the same entity. Um, another thing is it instills a culture of competitiveness as this is just me kind of spitballing here but I imagine that everybody would come together um, each month or quarter to compare sales and growth of their business now I don't know if they actually do this or not because I've said I've not ever been part of a franchise however I just think that if it was me starting a cleaning business franchise that's how I would run it um just on a side note here I think I would actually really like to start a cleaning business franchise not necessarily buy into somebody else's but instead create a business that others could literally walk right into um, and all be working on the same thing as well I think is something that I would really love to do um, now if it was me I wouldn't restrict the marketing side and the branding side of things because from my experience um, it's so important and you get the best results from pumping personality and differentiating yourself from the market like People buy from people. I will say that until I am dead in the ground. But it's so true. Um, showing little bits of your personality, what you stand for, and about you and your company and your team is going to make people fall in love with you and fall in love with your company and what it is that you do. And that is what is going to make us the big bucks, ladies and gents. So instead, going back on back on track, instead of kind of handing across some cookie cutter Facebook stock photo posts, I think I would be a bit more dedicated to um, educating and teaching them how to craft their own marketing message in line with the franchise's core values and ethos. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, it's something that I've definitely daydreamed about in the past. Um, you know, who knows, maybe when I recommence Project Resurgence, it might spiral into a franchise that you guys want to get on board with. Maybe. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, that's a whole different conversation for another day. So let's continue with the benefits. Now, being an entrepreneur has been so over glamorized over the last 10 years. If you think think like 50 years ago, being an entrepreneur wasn't a glamorous thing. It was like it was somebody going out there and slogging their guts out, working every day, you know, cheap suits, briefcases trying to build and like get that momentum going and often they would fail and not really make much money and it would just kind of be something that people like bums would would kind of do um for without for use for lack of a better word even um but lately pictures of instagrammers sitting on beaches with their laptop and cocktail in hand while they just hit another six figure month that little um situation that little presentation it's got us all thinking that there must be another way so you know that's where the kind of gl glamorization of entrepreneurship has come from now on the other hand we've got gary v telling us that if you want to be a successful entrepreneur you have to hustle hard so while we may believe that being entrepreneurial is our calling we soon realize that the world of business is a bit like an onion there are layers upon layers of things that you didn't even really consider when you set out to start your cleaning business. And you soon find yourself 
in a bit of a knotted mess of problems that kind of need fixing. Um, and you kind of bounce from one problem to the next problem to the next problem because each problem is actually quite hard to fix. So you kind of go to one problem, think, oh, I'll try and fix that, try and fix that. But in the meantime, you've got another problem going on and then you kind of get distracted and you kind of go from one problem and you end up kind of spinning in circles, moving from one to the next to the next, not really getting anything done. Now, when any of us start out um, the first time round, we rarely possess all of the skills and the know-how to build and run a successful cleaning company. People aren't born knowing how to build a company. It is something that comes from experience. So instead, we, because we have that lack of knowledge, we make lots of mistakes. But each mistake um, teaches us a different lesson and we move forward making mistakes and refining what we do over months and years, making um, faster progress than others according to how much risk you're willing to take, essentially. So the more mistakes you make, the faster you will progress. Remember that. Now, according to one of the franchise sites that I looked at, one of the benefits of buying a franchise is that you can focus on what you are good at in the business and then rely on the support of the franchise to fill in those gaps. A franchisor provides the right kind of support when you need it. So that is a quote taken directly from one of the sites that I looked at. Excuse me, there it is, a burp, sorry. So basically, if you've got a spare 10 or 10 to 100K kicking about at this point, it's probably making sense for you to invest in a franchise. However, hold your gun. Because let's first discuss some of the downfalls to investing into a franchise cleaning business. So one of the downfalls of a cleaning business franchise is there is a massive cash outlay at the beginning of your entrepreneurial venture. As I said before, you can literally start a cleaning business with pounds, okay? Less than 100 quid and you're away. When it comes to franchises, you need tens of thousands of pounds to invest in all this training and systems and everything that, that they tell you you're going to need. Now, in the very beginning, you will not have any customers unless you're taking over an already established franchise, in which case it'll probably cost you a lot more because it's an established um, franchise compared to if you have to start from scratch in your area. So you'll need to deposit your money to get access to the resources and then get to work on filling up the diary and recruiting staff. So it's maybe not as turnkey as they may be made out in the beginning. Now, another pitfall that I can see is from the team member's perspective, so when you sign up for a franchise program, the owners of the franchise will likely ask any team members to sign a legal document to essentially promise that they won't steal their customers. So if you decide to buy into a franchise, any team members that, that um, come into your business, you will be advised to ask them to sign a document that makes them promise they won't steal your customers. OK, and what ends up happening here? is the team members get a little bit pissed off about getting paid so little for a very physically demanding job, which cleaning is, and they will slowly but surely start to maybe realise and the, the little cogs in their head will turn that they could work just as hard as they have been doing, but cut out the middleman, which is you, the franchise, and make more money. Now, this is a little bit of a sticky situation because the franchise will have to prove that what's happened um, you know, if that does happen, they will have to prove it. 
and you can't just do it with a few of the clients so if you're the cleaner in this situation you'll you'll need to kind of rally up all of or most of the clients um onto your side before kind of leaving the company and then setting up on your own now as the franchisee this is a tricky situation indeed because you will need to find a way to ensure that your team members don't do that and they in fact respect you and respect the company enough to not want to cut you out. Generally, if people are feeling, you know, if people are coming to work and they're feeling good about what they're doing, they're feeling fulfilled, they're feeling respected in their job, they are far less likely to leave and far less likely to fuck you over. So that for me is priority number one if you decide to become a franchise owner. Now, Although from the cleaner's point of view, you might just be the big bad boss who can put his feet up on the desk and count his money. Um, there is a lot of admin, customer services, monitoring of KPIs to be doing because as a franchise owner, you will likely have targets and quotas to hit. So as I said in the beginning, this podcast is inspired from a message that I got from somebody asking about franchise businesses. And she said that um, she once worked for a franchise, I believe, and she said, the customers would pay her and then they would never hear from the owner ever again. And it to her, from her perspective, it seemed like the owner had it good. You know, they weren't doing any of the cleaning. They didn't really seem to be in contact with the clients. So it was just kind of a case of, yeah, I'll just kick back and just count my money. But the reality is that there is a lot, as you guys know, there is a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff of a business that goes on. So, you know, Although it might seem, from the cleaner's point of view, although it might seem like the grass is greener to be a franchisee, um, there are there are probably a lot of pressures and a lot of other things going on as well behind the scenes. Now, <clears throat> another benefit, another benefit, another downside. We've moved on from the benefits now, Chloe. We're moving on to the downsides. So, I think that it would be harder to recruit staff for a franchise and I think this for two reasons I think a because um you're trying to recruit only self-employed people and in my experience they are harder to recruit and b because you know people will often go onto a Facebook page or they'll go onto somebody's website to have a look at the company that they've just applied for the job the job with and if they can't see anything about you know the story of how the company got going or any personality behind the branding or who the owner is or kind of you know, what the hierarchy system is in place, they're not going to apply because it's, it's going to put them off. They don't want to um, be part of like a cookie cook, cutie, cookie, cookie. They don't want to be part of a cookie cutter system. Um, they want to be part of something that's got a little bit of meaning behind it, whether they realise it or not. So I do think that being a franchise makes it harder to recruit staff. Now, going off on the self-employed thing, self-employed people um actually have a right to dictate when they work so if you are giving them set hours as um their manager as their kind of franchise owner their boss then basically they are being employees and this is dodgy ground so there is always a bit it is always a bit of a dodgy ground a bit of a fine line between um employed and self-employed team members what you can do what you can't do um i will do a whole podcast on it i promise it's coming um but I just think that from a business standpoint, a self-employed person can turn around one morning and say, no, I don't feel like coming in today, I can't be bothered. And they are well within their rights to say that because they are a business in their own right. Um, so that is, it's just dodgy ground. For me, I've gone off self-employed um, 
recruiting if possible, but that's a whole other topic. Another downside is the customer supplies the products. No, nobody else see a problem with that. How can you guarantee the quality of a service or the delivery of a service if you don't know what products your team members are using? You don't know what products they're being, you know, exposed to. What about Kosh? You know, although self-employed staff should have their own understanding of Kosh, it's always a good idea as the business owner to run a quick training where everybody employed, self-employed, you know, admin staff, everybody goes through the Kosh training because it's always a good thing to have, especially in this industry. Um, so I just, for me, the customer supplying the products is a big no-no. Um, if another thing on the Kosh subject, if somebody comes across a product that the customer has left out, the customer has provided and that they've not seen before, um, and they get injured, like they get it in their eyes or they inhale it and, you know, it causes some sort of lung spasm or, you know, it causes a, a chemical burn or they um, ruin the customer's floor because they've accidentally spilt it on the um, real world floor or whatever. To me, it just opens up a world of um, liability. So, you know, does the insurance cover that? I don't know. To me, it's a problem. The other problem that I wanted to address was the customer's viewpoint or perspective. So we've talked about the team member's perspective of maybe being used and abused a little bit. You know, the big big, big bad boss is just kind of sitting back and raking it in um, while they go out and slave away. But let's think about the customer because that is ultimately behind your team's happiness. The customer happiness is up there as the second most important thing. As the customer, it is a massive faff having to ensure that they've got um, cleaning products available out, the, the cleaning products are out and they're ready, you know, that the cleaners can go in and easily kind of locate them because let's be honest, there are a few slower human beings out there having to ensure that the mop and the hoover are out and ready. And then when it comes to the payment side of things, having to pay the company one way, having to, you know, bank transfer the company you know, 30 quid, 30 quid a week or whatever, and then having to have the cash available to pay the cleaner as well. It's an absolute faff for the customer. You know, people get a cleaning business in because they want it just taken care of. They don't want to have to think about it. You know, most of the time that's the case anyway. They want it to be a smooth transition. So to me, this is creating barriers. This is creating hurdles that we're going to have to get through. Um, and it's And it's creating a barrier to entry for having good cash flow, because if you are making it hard for customers to pay, you know, paying one person, paying the other, oh, I forgot to pay so-and-so, oh, I forgot to pay this, forgot to pay that. By making it harder for them, you, you're stunting your cash flow as a company, which is very, very bad. Now, often I've heard stories that customers sign up with these very, you know, on the outside, very professional um, looking cleaning franchises. You know, the, the owner comes around, does the walkthrough, everyone's very happy, very nice. And then they never hear from the owner ever again. And it is left to the cleaner to do the customer service side of things as well, in most cases. So they might as well go and set up their own cleaning company from the cleaner's perspective, you know, because they're doing everything anyway. Um, again, if that cleaner just had some skills in marketing and digital marketing, they will be able to go out and easily set up their own cleaning company. But we're not talking about digital marketing, Chloe. Moving on. <laughs> Just to summarise, <clears throat> 
franchises are definitely an option if you want the fast track to growth and you have the available capital to invest okay they are not by any means they are definitely not a bad thing to invest in um, i'd recommend that you do your research when it comes to franchises you know if you're thinking about investing in a franchise definitely do your own research because they all vary very 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 slightly um as you know i'm all about encouraging you lot to build a company that will support a lifestyle so something to know is that most cleaning business franchise owners are also the operators so this so the franchise model sometimes is referred to as a pyramid scheme essentially you've got a boss at the top who is the owner you know let's say it's chloe's let's say it's me I'm at the top and I own Chloe's Cleaners, okay? And I'm selling each one of my franchises. Um, you can come in and you can buy for £50,000. <clears> you are then responsible for operating your little area of the woods, your little neck of the woods, your £50,000 investment. You are the person who is responsible for um, operating that and hitting the targets that I have set for you. Okay, so that is something to bear in mind. You know, if you are trying to build a cleaning company that is going to support a lifestyle where you can work whenever you want, more or less, or you can work one or two days a week and you can have every weekend off and you can go traveling and you can work remotely if you, that's what you want, then maybe a franchise isn't for you. You know, again, do your research. Now, if you feel the need to hire somebody to work for and with you, so say you bought your franchise now but you know you're overwhelmed it's business is booming and you feel like you need a manager in place to support you and support the team so you can have your life back you'll probably need to run this past the franchise first and there will be you know procedures and they will probably have to interview them as well as you um to be followed so while it seems like a really nice investment on the outside they they can be quite strict and there can be a lot of rules and procedures and things in place just to pre warn you <clears throat> most um franchises will require them to be like security checks in place and training and you know maintaining quality standards and all that crap and stuff so just something to bear in mind darling oh we're at the end right god sorry i've been talking for 40 minutes so if you have any questions you would like me to go through in these podcasts please send your question to me on instagram at the lifestyle cleaning co or send me it in an email across to the lifestyle cleaning co at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling really fancy, send me a messenger pigeon uh, to somewhere in the North Yorkshire Mars and I will find it. Since our first few episodes of Ed, I've had quite a lot of requests, which has been encouraging, through already, um, which is amazing. But bear with me because I do only do this once a week currently, um, but I am working through them as I go. So keep your eyes peeled if you've asked me to do something and I've not yet put it up. Thank you so much for listening, girly whirlies. I'll catch you in the next episode.